Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, I'm here with another pod. I was not going to do one originally, but I've just had a lot like rattling around my brain and some topics I wanted to do. So I'm like, let me just jump on the mic and let it all out. I have been going stir crazy lately. Um, It's the end of winter here, so it's been a long ass winter. You guys know that I don't deal with winter that well. And there's just, like, so many things that have been getting at me. All I'm doing right now, actually, is just biding time until the Texas Chainsaw Massacre game comes out. I've already pre-ordered it on PS5, and, you know, I can't wait. And I kind of have a rule of, like, not playing video games too much anymore because they're way too addictive. They take over your life. They just, like, waste time. So when you've got things to do, I just think it's really bad to be just sitting there playing games. But... The Texas Chainsaw Massacre is, you know, one of my favorites. Like, the original film is one of my favorite movies, and I just... There's no way that I'm not going to spend hours and hours playing this game. I have been gaming a little bit more, because it is a good stress relief. But yeah, I have been a little kooky the last week or two, just a bit, like, over it. Just so much shit to do, not enough time to do it. A handful of people recently have been kind of shady to, like, varying degrees. Nothing extreme, But it's all, like, it's all situations where, for various reasons, I can't, like, say anything. Like, I can't call anyone out on any of these things. So, that's just, like, building. Because then it's, like, one thing after another where I want to, you know, snap at somebody. I was, um, not even snap, confront people about things. But (laughs) I kind of have to just, like, bite my tongue for now. So, that's very frustrating. Um, I was looking up astrology for some guidance, even though I know exactly what my issues are right now. Like, I literally do not need astrology at this point. Like, I have a fucking list of things in my head where it's like, you've just got to, like, check these boxes and get these things out of the way and then it will be fine. But even though I know that, I'm like, let me check my, like, horoscope to get some cosmic guidance. And um, I downloaded this app, Time Passages. Have you guys ever used it? It gave me the most accurate personality assessment ever because I've been more open to astrology post-COVID and this one was like very spot on. And it said that I'm a Virgo sun, Gemini moon and Virgo rising, which I feel like makes sense. The app is like, it's too in-depth for me because it gives these like daily horoscopes, but it's not just daily. It's like It has, like, 20 daily horoscopes for you, depending on, like, each position of, like, moons and suns and fucking auras and, girl, I don't know, way too much, but just the generic, like, personality breakdown that it gave me of, like, the Gemini and the Virgo and stuff, I'm like, this is me. Like, I've never had a more accurate assessment of myself than I have on this app. Um, I need... Some crystals, I think. I need some Pratt Daddy crystals. I have, well, I had two that he sent me like a few years ago. The one that I always wear broke, and that was like the main good one that I had. And then, where's the other one? The other one's somewhere. I think it like sits on my computer to like ward off bad energy on the computer. I definitely need another one. He said he was going to give me one, but then I don't want to be like a scab. And, like, harassing him, like, where's my free crystal? Because, like, they are expensive. Like, I I would buy it as well, but they are expensive. So, I'm like, "Mm, I will buy one, I think, when I get 
get over to the US, but I don't want to like harass him for a free crystal because I just feel like it's like tacky, even, even though I want a free crystal. Um, I've low key been standing Trump lately, which is funny because I've never been a Trump supporter. And I think it's just because I'm like pissed off and stressed. Like I'm giving um, Ryan Barney energy. <laughs> I don't know what Ryan's real surname is, Tamara's son. Remember when he was like going through it? So then he became a Trump supporter. And now he's all like Zen out on the farm. I don't know. He was a ranch hand or something now. He seems to have, have found peace. I don't even know. I, well, first of all, I don't care about politics anymore. I really stopped watching and it's been so great because like it was such a waste of time. And now when I dip back in, it literally feels like when I watch Housewives now, where I'm like, oh, this is the part where they pretend to fight about someone being late for dinner, even though no one really cares. And then it's just a whole charade and we all have to pretend. I'm like, haven't I seen this fight before? Like, it's like the same fucking shit. It's like bold and the beautiful. Like, oh, okay, they're arguing about this issue again. Well, they're complaining about like, why won't the left focus more on economics than like identity politics? Wow, I remember this conversation from seven years ago. <laughs> like, same old shit, different day, Um, you know, And I don't have any faith in the system, so I don't really care who wins so much. I mean, I feel like you get, depending on who wins, in the I'm talking about the US specifically, you might get like one issue that you want. So one side might be like a bit more strict on crime. One side is like a bit better with, you know, giving access to abortion. But then kind of besides that, it's pretty much the same shit. And I see people now in, like, my real life and my online life, so both, and they're being a lot less woke. I know people are like, you know, stop saying woke in general. People are like, I don't want to hear this term woke anymore. I mean, it's a fucking thing. It's a word here to say. It's the same as using a word progressive or using a word conservative. Like, it describes something. So, we can say the word. And people are being less woke lately, you know, just about... Just obvious stuff, you know, like non-binary and culture wars things. And the normies are not quite drinking the Kool-Aid like they were a few years ago. And at first I was like kind of happy about it. Like, oh, you know, thank God we're out of this fucking hellscape. People have a little bit more common sense again, finally. But then like it does also annoy me because it's like, okay, now you're allowed to say the really obvious thing that we all know to be true. (laughs) Now you can, like, say it, but, like, before we couldn't. And, yeah, now you can say that men and women are different and that, like, maybe crime isn't a good thing and everyone, like, agrees with you. But then when other people said it, just, you know, at the wrong time socially, it's, you know, we're treated like radical domestic terrorists. So that annoys me. It's the same, you know, issue I kind of have with the COVID thing of how, like, people are against, like, mandates and stuff now. And the <laughs> <laughs> but they never acknowledge that, like, you were on the right side of history with that. You're still the crazy person to them, even though now they've arrived at the same position that you were at, like, three years ago. It's like, fuck you. And um, things are definitely better culturally, but I was thinking back to the last few years about how fucking awful it really was. Really, even, like, the last 10 years. Like, obviously, it intensified sort of, you know, 2015, 16 onwards, that was the worst. And then, you know, it really peaked with, like, the summer of Floyd. But now that I'm, like, out of it and you see it clearer, like, it reminds me of when I was, you know, my early 20s or my teen years and I was living off of 
like instant noodles because I couldn't afford anything. It's like, oh my God, do I have like $2 to buy some instant noodles for dinner tonight? But even though you're living like, you know, scum and there were like fucking mice in my house, I had to get traps and then I actually caught a mouse because they were eating my bread. Like I'd put the bread out and it got so bad with the mice in this like crummy, I don't even know, it was a studio, but it was a studio in like a fucking boarding house. Like it was- was ghetto as fuck and um you'd put the bread out and the fucking mouse would run out and like run straight to the like i would put the bread in the kitchen and walk like two meters to my bed because it's a studio and then the mouse would run out so then i had to get mouse traps and then because i really like animals then i um you know it didn't kill the mouse so then i kept it in like a um makeshift cage that I made but then it died because it must have had like internal bleeding or something that I didn't realize so that was like really sad but anyway that was like you know my normal life like catching fucking mice and having them eat my bread and you know barely being able to afford like noodles like struggling it just becomes normal to you but then you know when I got my career together a bit more and started having like a paycheck coming in and all of that stuff. And you look back and you're like, God, I can't believe I used to live like that. Cause now I can't even handle, you know, like being in it. I mean, I could never handle being in a theater with like normal people, but like little things are trigger triggering. Cause now I've become accustomed to like a different lifestyle. I look back to how I used to live. And I'm like, God, I can never cope with that again. And I kind of feel like, that now that what we've been through, like I'm looking back at it and I'm just like, that was insane. Like everything, like obviously the COVID, the lockdowns, the, you know, forced experimental injections, the censorship, the deplatforming, the anti-science, the lies, um, BLM, fucking violent riots in the streets, like destroying property. How much damage did they do again? It was like billions, wasn't it? It was crazy. It was some crazy number. I swear it was like a billion dollars. I can't even remember now. And then saying defund the police, I'm sorry, there's a billion dollars of property damage or however fucking much it was. People are, like, burning down buildings and you're saying defund the police. That's so crazy that people were doing that. Like, what? Scam fundraising efforts. We know where they ran off with the fucking money. And, like, socially, we were all forced to go along with it, either just due to the political correctness and the cancel culture or you were just indoctrinated to think that was okay. Like, even I was. I remember at the time when the riots were going on. Obviously, I was here in Australia, so I wasn't, like, experiencing it, um, you know, in person or anything. But I remember following Farah Abraham on Instagram, and she's obviously, you know, way out there. And she was looking out of, I don't know, her hotel window or something. She was in L.A., And there were, like, rioters, like, smashing things and, like, boarded up stores. And she was, like, screaming at them, like, criminals. And I remember, like, thinking, like, she was bad. I'm like, oh, my God, that's so racist that she's calling the criminals criminals. (laughs) Like, because I was, like, indoctrinated by what I was seeing in the media. Because at that point, this was, like, right near the start of it. It kind of felt justified and, you know, crazy with the lockdowns and stuff. And now I look back, I'm like, wait, What? Even I got brainwashed to accept that behavior at some point. And then what else? Obviously, the transgenderism. And I hate to do the whole, I don't want to sound like I'm doing the boomer greatest hits culture wars of like, you know, rioters and like trans and stuff. But this is just fucking facts, okay? I'm not, (laughs) 
I'm not on my Megyn Kelly shit here. I'm just telling you what the fuck they've been doing for the last, which we all know. Like, we all know that they've been doing this, but you just look back at it and like, wait, all of this is normalized? Transitioning kids, indoctrinating them and raising fucking science. Like, you can't question biology. What the fuck? You can't say the difference between a man and a woman. Like, I work in the media. We have to use they, them pronouns. That's not real. Like, there's no such thing as a they, them. And, yeah, if people want to go around and say, yeah, I'm a they, them, I'm a non-binary, fine. We have to use that in the media for factual reporting and journalism. You have to use people's pronouns, which are not real. And it's the same with fucking science, with the way that all the transgenderism now has, like, impacted science and the medical field of, like, not having men and women. Like, what the fuck? Affirming obese people, all of that. That is fucking nuts. The cancel culture. Kelly Dodd wearing the goddamn hat. I'll never get over that. She wore a hat. She wore a novelty hat. And the level of back, like, that's, like, what would happen in Iraq. Like, that's literally, you see these viral videos of, you know, Muslim woman in Iraq was found walking with her ankles showing, and now they're, like, stoning her in the town square. That's what America was, like, ready to do. Like, I'm telling you right now, there are Bravo fans. The moment when that happened, that if they had the option to stone Kelly Dodd for death, to death for wearing that hat at her, ba- her, her bridal shower, they literally would have. They would have said, okay, yeah, like, that's fair. Like, in their mind, they would have thought that was okay. I'm not even kidding. And the Chris Harrison thing, I know I bring up Chris Harrison a lot too, like, go, please go back and watch the interview that he got fired from. All he did was, like, push back against Rachel Lindsay in an interview because she was black and he was white. He was fired for not agreeing with her because she was automatically seen as – and, of course, you know, history looks on it that she was awful and he was <laughs> completely correct in everything he said. And um, I remember, like – Around that time, um, Hannah Hannah Brown from Bachelor and Bachelorette, she got cancelled. She ended up having, like, she's come back now. But she was, you know, super famous at the time. And then it was during the lockdowns and all of the Bachelor people had, like, holed up in a house together and they were, you know, quarantining together and they were just filming TikToks. And she was on her TikTok Live or her Instagram Live, whatever it was, and She'd been on there for hours because they had nothing to do because of the quarantine. And she was sort of singing along to some, like, a baby song, some rapper song. And she, like, accidentally kind of said the N-word, like, just because she was reciting the lyrics. You know, she apologized later on, obviously, and had to put out statements. And she got so much backlash. And I remember Rachel Lindsay jumped on that. And at first, she, like, she messaged Hannah. And she's like, we need to do a public... Um, Instagram live so I can like educate you on you know saying this word and why it's wrong as if Hannah fucking Brown doesn't know that saying the n-word is wrong like she, it came out by accident when she was rapping to us she knows it's fucking wrong do you think she's out here Hannah Brown just screaming the n-word when she goes down the street it was like fucking quarantine at like 2am and she was just humming along to a song and it accidentally came out so Rachel Lindsay messages her I need to educate you in front of everyone, like, you know, punish you. 
And then Hannah agreed and then she like backed out. And then I remember Rachel Lindsay, then she went on her own account, like I offered her the chance to use her platform to, you know, educate people and speak with me about like the, you know, how problematic she's been and she didn't do it. And it was like, you're a psychopath. Like that is actually psycho behavior to do that. I mean, I'm going to keep this very vague. So I don't want anyone connecting any dots anywhere, but in my industry, I... I mean, I've seen it more than once, but one of the worst things that I saw was um, there was someone in my industry who was not white, and they accused someone that was very pro- someone that was white and very actual progressive and like liberal and progressive on all the issues, and she accused her of being racist. She was telling me the story, and I'm like. But you know, this person's not racist. They're literally like the most, you know, work person in this industry. And she went, I know. And she was laughing. She was laughing about how she had like purposely just wrongfully accused her of racism. That's what these people are. The ones that use this social justice to climb to the top, like the Rachel Lindsay's, et cetera. They're fucking psycho. Did you see the story about the, uh, the Canadian principal that killed himself? Um, because he was bullied by the fucking diversity coach. That story's crazy. Now, you can't just blame the diversity coach solely for, like, causing someone to kill themselves. Like, the guy must have had other issues. But that's who these people are. They're fucking evil. This is just, like, what we lived through. It's Soviet Union, North Korean-type stuff. In the Western world, like, I keep thinking about it. I'm like, bitch, I don't live in North Korea. Why... Were we going through fucking a North Korean-style regime in, like, America, Australia, the UK? Like, fuck off. Like, they're fucking evil. (laughs) These fucking leftist libs, they are evil, and they're inside every institution. That's why they're so dangerous. Like, I hate the right wing as well, but it's just a false equivalency to act like they're as dangerous on a cultural level, because- People will be like, oh, my God, the right wing, like, they're burning books now. Of course, I don't agree with them, like, burning books, etc. And I see those things going viral and, you know, fucking Joy Behar, like, slams Republicans for book burning in Florida. It's like, okay, book burning slash castrating children. Like, which one's worse? Like, come on. Like, stop. Um, book burning versus denying, like, the most basic biology. Um I think we know, like, and they need to be punished. And that's kind of why I want Trump back. I'm like, you actually need to be shown that you can't get away with this behavior. And I don't really think policy-wise that much will change either way. Like I said, there'll be like a few things that might shift left or right, depending on, you know, who's in power. But culturally, I just want to throw the deplorables back in their face And I want someone that affects the culture in the same way that, like, Obama did. Like, he was a cultural force and, you know, obviously totally corrupt too, like Trump is. Harvard now are saying that he's a war criminal. Can you imagine if Obama was president now and you said he was a war criminal? That's racist. Um, But (laughs) they're allowed to say it now (laughs) in, like, retrospect that he's not in power. It's, It's so funny when they let you speak the truth when it, is not going to have any impact on anything. It's like uh, you can't say it at the time when it when you're actually correct and it's going to like affect anything, but then a few years later when like the moment's passed, it doesn't matter what you say, then they'll let you say it. It's so fucked up. Um and like the whole war criminal thing. It's like they're trying to get Trump on 
what taking classified documents out of the fucking White House? Oh my god. Big fucking deal. Bush and Obama were both war criminals. God, I remember being in high school when I started grade seven and the older student that I used to sit next to that was like a big, you know, leftist teenager. And he had all these like anti-Bush and like anti-Tony Blair stickers because that was the time of the Iraq war and talking about that. And then we went into Obama and all of his like drone strikes and everything. And now we're like, oh my God, let's get Trump on like taking documents out of the White House. Like, shut the fuck up. Like, not to do the whataboutism, but it's true. And then even the election denial, like, I don't think the election was stolen. And I think it's, I think it's highly problematic that what Trump did, like, I think it's fucked. Don't get me wrong. And whenever I see that, I'm a bit like, oh, that's not good. But I'm like, well, I was also into Bernie when, like, the DNC were fucking rigging that goddamn primary. If you were following that closely, 100% they did that. People try to, like, downplay it a bit now, I feel like, because Bernie supporters get dunked on, and rightfully so, because we kind of bought into We got bamboozled, basically, including myself. Um, And he was just sheepdogging progressives to, like, vote blue, no matter who, essentially. Again, it was another, like, AOC type scam. So, fine, dunk on Bernie Rose all you want, but, like, they 100% rigged that fucking primary. They basically admitted to it when they took them to court over it and stuff. They're like, I'm actually, we can do the primary however we want because we're a private organization. They rigged it for, like, Pete Buttigieg. So, it's like, yeah, Trump's denying the election and it's fucked, but, like, you'll fucking rig everything too. So, I don't give a fuck. Like, I just want whoever is going to do the most culturally. That's all I'm caring about right now. I don't give a fuck about the policy. I don't give a fuck about who's more corrupt than the other person. You're all fucking corrupt. Who is gonna change the fucking culture for the better and let me wear a goddamn hat? This line from Jocelyn's Cabaret actually keeps just playing through my head over and over over the last, like, two weeks, and it was the Puerto Rican girl that um, used the N-word and they got beat up. And in her confessional, she was like, you're not going to educate me, bitch. And that's how I feel like. You're not going to educate me, bitch. Like, stop. I do not want your fake ass education and indoctrination. I'll think whatever the fuck I want and leave me alone. And I'll wear whatever fucking hat I want to wear to my bridal shower. And I will have any opinion that I want. Like, I even did a fucking TikTok about... Pearl on Drag Race. They said that Pearl did blackface, and I I wasn't defending blackface. Um, my whole point of it was that the uh, look that Pearl put together could be interpreted in so many different ways, from blackface to all these other pop culture references, and that's kind of what made it interesting as art. But of course, like people are so stupid, and they're just like, "Oh, so you think blackface is okay? Yeah, I, yeah, I condone minstrel shows. Like, shut the fuck up." And it's the usual comments of like oh, a white man has an opinion on this. Yeah, everyone can have an opinion on everything. So get fucked. You're not going to educate me, bitch. And that's why I'm leaning the way that I'm leaning right now. But then at the same time, I'm a little bit scared because having Democrats in power can be good because then people see how shit they are as well and how awful. And like things have been better recently. And then I worry, I'm like, well, if Trump comes in, if Trump comes back in, right, Are we going to send a message to the left that we're not going to put up with all of their insanity and their anti-science crap and 
taking away our free speech, etc. Is that what's going to happen? Or is it just going to like animate them more and they're just going to like go back to that? Because it maybe it's better to have Democrats in power. Because I feel like a lot of the um, kind of reactionary transgressive art we've had lately, you know, like the Idle Blonde, Terrifier, all of that sort of stuff, that is a reaction to like democratic authoritarianism. So... Maybe it's better to have them in. I don't know. Like, no one should ever take my political opinions seriously because I support, I hate everyone and I, like, support everyone. Like, I've supported every candidate so far. Like, I literally change my candidate, like, once a week, just depending on, like, one thing they say. Like, I'll see a clip on Twitter and it'll be like, Marianne Williamson will say something like, oh my God, yes, like, we need her. So, I just chop and change. I don't take anything I say seriously. But I want the left to be punished. I want them out of cultural institutions. I want their cultural power diminished. I never want to live through their bullshit again of not being able to wear whatever fucking hat I want or not being able to, like, raise my voice to Rachel Lindsay. And I do think about it in terms of myself because I work in the mainstream media world. So, I'm con- I'm constantly worried about, oh, my God, is this the podcast that's going to get me in trouble? Like, it's constantly a concern of mine and I don't want to live through it anymore. So, whatever is going to lessen that, whether it's having Trump back or not, that's what I fucking want. So, in other news, I was listening to, I think it was Red Scare the other week, and they did um, a podcast about light globes. And they've, like, banned one type of light light bulb, which I had no idea. I didn't know they could do that. I can't remember the names. There's, like, fluorescent, and then there's, like, iridescent or, like, incandescent. There's, some, there's two types. I don't know. I just know that I can't function without the right lighting. Like, you know, the white the bright white disgusting hospital light which is just it's like you're in the basement in saw and then they switch on the light to like cut out your fucking spleen you know it's just so fucked and when i was living with my mom um you know during the lockdowns and stuff they had that kind of lighting in the living area like the living area dining room and kitchen was all joined like open plan and that bright white lights were just like screech down on you. It was horrible. I would totally spurg out over it. And they had lighting under the cupboards in the kitchen. I don't know how to like, I don't know how to explain it because I don't know like interior design or like building or renovations or anything like that. But they had these lights kind of under the cupboards. So it was more of like a mood lighting thing and it just like lit up the bench, but it didn't like light up the whole area. And I would use that because it just looked so much better And then we would get into fights over it because they're like, you know, we can't see, like, what we're cooking because we need, like, the brighter lights. And I'm like, this is fucked. Like, to have this kind of lighting come down. So, I could totally relate to it. Um, The podcast. And then I was thinking about, you know how they say that stupid people, like, can't change a light globe? Like, he's so stupid he couldn't even change a light bulb. Like, I swear that's the saying. Well, I can't change a light bulb. I was thinking about it because it's really... It's actually really hard to change a light bulb because it's not just like one size fits all. It's fucked. They look like keys. Like they have bits sticking out and like different sizes. It's so complicated because when I moved into this place, I got um, I got my cousin to come over and put dimmers in because my cousin's an electrician. So I made him put like these 
dimmers in every single room so I could turn the lights down and not have the fucking gross lighting like burning my retinas. And then I bought a lamp myself from like Kmart or Target, just a cheap one, but like it was the exact color that I wanted. I'm like, oh, this is perfect. And then I unbox it and it didn't have a light globe in it. I'm like, oh my God, it doesn't come with one. That's crazy. So I'm like, how do I, you know, like had to go buy one. So I went to buy one. There's like thousands of different types of light bulbs, like different shapes, different sizes, like, I don't know, just like different types. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I just thought you buy a light bulb and you like put it in. Like, I didn't know that it was just like an endless array of like choices. So I was just like, oh my God. So I just picked one that seemed like the closest match. I'm like, this will be fine. And it wasn't even that cheap. I can't remember how much it is, but it's not like they're like 50 cents. Like they're kind of expensive. So I got it and then I come back and of course it doesn't fit. And I'm like, this is, I will never learn to change a light bulb. It's way too complicated. I don't want to fucking learn how to do it. It reminds me of that movie um, with David Bowie, Labyrinth. It's like Labyrinth or like The Secret Garden or Return to Oz, like those 80s kids' movies. And you have to go find like a copper key up in the basement inside of a, you know, golden chest. And then you like bring that down and you're in the maze and you unlock like the door covered in vines. Like it's so complicated and I'm never going to learn how to do it. Maybe I am a Trump supporter because they always say that Trump supporters are stupid and like they're like the most ignorant in society and they're uneducated. So I can't change a light bulb. I'm not fucking learning. So maybe I'm going to be with my people. Like I'm not going to learn how to do it. I'll never learn how to do it. You're not going to educate me, bitch, on how to change a light bulb. I fucking refuse. I'll use a gas lantern before I learn how to change a light bulb, period. Like, Tia Carrera, Relic Hunter, Tomb Raider ass lanterns in the dark, underground with fucking demons and, like, mud people and stuff. I'm not learning how to do it. And um, who the fuck, anyway, is telling people what light bulbs they can use. That's so crazy. I didn't even know this was a thing until I heard it on Red Scare. I'm like, what? And then I messaged my friend and my friend is kind of like a conspiracy theorist. Well, not, I mean, I'm just saying that he's right about everything. We always are like bonding over the same things. I'm like, did you know about this? And he's like, yeah, he's like, I've been hoarding light bulbs. And then he's like, thank you. Just like reminded me to get some more. And then he was like hunting around on eBay or something to get the right light bulbs. I'm like, wow, this is like a whole thing. And Then I, like, Googled it before and they said it's to save energy. Bitch, I pay the energy bill. Why do you fucking care how much energy I'm using if I'm paying the goddamn bill? Like, I don't even know, like, what the fuck is money for if I can't just buy what I want? It's bullshit. I hate it. Why are there homeless people shitting on the fucking street if we're paying taxes? Like, fix that before you tell people what light bulbs they're allowed to use. That's fucking crazy. Like, where are the taxes going? We're all paying all this fucking money and then nothing's fucking working smoothly. Like, even here in Australia, the public transport's shit. When I used to have to go into work before I did work from home, you were like a sardine on the train. It was absolutely disgusting. It was like third world shit in Sydney, which is like a modern Western fucking city. It's one of the most beautiful, famous cities in the world, Sydney, Sydney Harbour. You get on the train at peak hour. You couldn't even get on sometimes because it was so full with the just filthy fucking stinking people that you're like pressed back to front for. It's like, okay, 
I'm paying taxes. Why? Like if I go to a nice restaurant and I pay money and I'm expecting to get good service, good food, and you usually do, but I can't choose how much money I'm going to pay on my energy bill to have the kind of light bulb that I want. So fucked up. Just please clean up the shit on the side of the road and let people use what light bulbs they want. Is that that fucking hard? That's what I want politically. Just clean up all the shit and crime on the fucking street and let me put whatever light bulbs I want in my goddamn house. It's crazy. So on Below Deck Down Under, there was a attempted rape, and it's actually not the first rape on the franchise either. And like last year, um, I thought it was so funny that there was a rape on Below Deck Sailing Yacht season three, which was a really iconic season of the show. Amazing season. And this chick, Ashley, she pretty much raped this guy, Gary. He was way too drunk to consent. And he had been saying like, no, no. And then she followed him downstairs to give him a massage. And then she's like, oh my God, it's inside me now. And he's like, oh, get off. And I thought it was so funny because she didn't get like fired. Like nothing happened to her. There was some backlash on Twitter, but it was like nothing compared to you know, Vanderpump Rules star said the N-word in 2009. Like, those things, that was to the point they fired people. Vanderpump Rules cast fired. Jenny Newen fired for Facebook posts, etc., etc. Kelly Dodd wore a fucking hat, fired. And then you have this fucking woman on below deck raping somebody, and nothing happened. So... There was a rape on Below Deck Down Under, but because it was a guy doing... Well, it was it was an attempted... It was a potentially attempted rape. I don't want to actually... I don't want to say that he 100% attempted to rape her, because we don't know. It looked sketchy as hell. And, you know, because the perpetrator was a man and not a woman, he was swiftly dealt with. So, he had been following this other... This stewardess around the boat, Margot. And I think... Because I didn't watch this season yet... But um, I, I watched, like, the two episodes around, you know, the incident, but I hadn't watched prior. But I think that they actually did have, like, a hookup. But then, I don't know, he changed his mind or she, someone changed their fucking mind. I don't know. And then he was pursuing her. Because on Below Deck, if you haven't seen it, it's a bunch of yachties. They're always in their 20s and 30s. They're, you know, hard partying people. So they work really hard for, like, three days and they have a gap between charters. And when they have the gap... They all go out to, you know, wherever they're docked in, you know, Croatia, and they get shit-faced drunk, and then they come back to the boat, and, you know, they get in the jacuzzi, and people are hooking up, and people are, you know, spewing and breaking things, and, you know, it's fun. It's very kind of Jersey Shore-type energy when they go out drinking. And they went out drinking, and then he was sort of pursuing her all night, and she was not interested, and she was telling him she wasn't interested, and um, I think he wanted to, when they got back to the boat he wanted to get in the jacuzzi or something she said no and this other chief stewardess that she's like the boss of them Asia she was kind of concerned like her antenna was up and she was like "Mm, I'm feeling a bit funny about this guy you know he's hovering around this girl who's like had way too much to drink and then they went and put Margot to bed she was like she was almost incapacitated like she'd been drinking you know when you just drink so much and you just hit the mattress and you pretty much pass out and someone might come in and rouse you a bit and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm good, but you're, like, way out of it. That's the state that she was in. And then 
he had kept following her around and they had a power outage, which is like something out of a horror movie. They have a power outage on board. And then when they have the power outage, he runs into her room with just a towel on, nothing underneath, and then jumps into the bunk with her. And then the towel comes off. He's completely naked. She's in her underwear. And then production, like, step in. And production aren't meant to break the fourth wall, obviously. But they're like, hey, man, get out of like, get out of her bed, dude. And he's sort of ignoring them at first. And they're like, you know, you need to come down. And then he, like, jumps out. of, And he's been drinking, too. So, he's drunk as well. And then he, like, jumps off the bunk and, like, slams the door in their face. So, now he's, like in the room naked with her passed out and you know production kind of like burst through becomes a whole situation he goes back to his room then captain jason finds out they remove him from the ship send him to a hotel the next day he comes back on board he's fired for misconduct he's like yep i said that it looked very rapey again he didn't actually you know go through with it No one can say if that's actually what he was going to do. Kind of looked like he probably was, especially in his state. You know, it looked like he was going to have sex with somebody that couldn't fully consent. And again, we're never going to know. Like, the production intervened, so we're never going to know what would have happened. We don't know if he would have just passed out drunk next to her. But it didn't look good. And it triggered a lot of people because, um, you know, a lot of people have been in that that's a real life situation um that i think most people if you look back and you remember when you were a teenager or you're in your 20s you know that period of your life you maybe you're in it now when you're out drinking and having fun and stuff it's just so not uncommon to be in that situation where you've had too much to drink and there's someone that's there to take advantage of you like it's that happens and when i actually first saw the clip without the full context like i just saw where he jumped into her bed i was like hey that's bad you know like she's passed out he's naked but i kind of thought you know you've locked all these people in there and drinking and Maybe they had hooked up and stuff. But then when I kind of saw what had led up to it, that he had been pursuing her all night and she'd been saying no and that Aisha had already expressed concern, like, the whole lead up to it, it was like, wow, this is, like, so predatory. Like, it's very difficult to try and make an excuse. And I always try to, you know, give the other angle on things, but, like, (laughs) even I couldn't come up with an excuse. And then there was another girl on board, Laura, this stewardess, and she was doing the same thing. So she was pursuing this guy, Adam, and she was, like, plain. Like, she's not that hot. And he was really cute. So, I guess he's, like, the the hot ticket on board. And she was trying to get all over him. She's pretty desperate. He was just not interested. And she would not take no for an answer. Kind of harassing him. And then she would sort of touch him without his permission. They've all been out drinking. He's in bed drunk. She jumps in his bunk to, like, massage him. Like, she's trying to fuck him. And he's expressed many times. Like, he literally pulled her aside and said, I don't see anything more than friendship. She jumps in bed with him, and then production intervene in that as well. And they're like, Laura, like, come down, go to bed. And then what's crazy is she ends up getting fired, but she doesn't get fired for that. The next day, she gets fired because she um, complains that Luke that he shouldn't have been fired and she's not sensitive to Margot. And she sort of says something to Margot, like, I think that's unfair that he was fired. Like he could have jumped into my bed. I wouldn't have minded. 
So she got fired for like being insensitive to Margot, but she didn't get fired for jumping in the guy's bed specifically, which was the exact same thing that Luke did with the exception that Luke was naked and she wasn't. So, you know, double standards. And again, Ashley didn't get fired on Sailing Yacht. She raped Gary. pretty, And Gary did come out later and he's like, look, it's fine. Leave her alone. If you want to go by the, the Me Too rules that we all follow now with, you know, consent every step of the way, you need written consent before you kiss someone or whatever. If some chick goes after a drunk guy and is like putting it inside her and he can't consent, like that could be considered rape. And Gary came out and said later it's not. But you know what I mean? So, double standards. But at the same time, like, yes, double standards, but it also is different. Like, I know that it's – I know that we want to be like, oh, my God, it's one rule for one and not the other. And I guess I'm kind of doing that. But it's also like, bitch, it's worse when it's a man, period. It's because women are just more vulnerable than men in situations like that. So, yeah, but – I think production's largely to blame, not to absolve Luke and Laura, but I just feel like they hire these problematic people, like the people that do below deck. These are like nomadic people who are at a certain age where they drink, they live hard, they they work hard, they play hard, um, they don't have a normal structured kind of life. And sometimes that's because you might have had a certain unstable upbringing or whatever. They're, they're people that they have a lot of issues because they get people that crack under the pressure of this show. And they've hired women before that I know have had sexual assaults. Um, Aisha Scott, she was raped previously and she opened up about it on Below Deck before. Ali from Sailing Yacht, I had her on my podcast. I think she had, and you know, she had some kind of assault in her past. Like, so a lot of these people, um, come from either they're either emotionally fragile, they have traumatic pasts, they're extreme personalities, they don't fit into the norm. And then you put them on these boats, which is extreme pressure as it is. You've got a camera crew, you've got the production doing what they do. It's the most intense experience. Then you're plying them with alcohol till they're getting near blackout drunk. And then, you know, they're drunkenly assaulting each other. And then it's like, oh, my God, wow, it's gone too far now. It's like, well, you literally set up everything. You set this situation up to happen. And it's happened before. It happened with fucking Ashley last year. They haven't. They didn't do anything after what happened with Ashley and Gary to try and make it, you know, safer for people. So production are largely responsible for a lot of this shit. And I kind of think some of the yachties should join Bethany's lawsuit. Now, I want to talk about Bethany's lawsuit because she's coming after NBC and bravo, and she's basically riding on the coattails of this SAG, af, af, whatever it is, writer's strike. But she's like, we're going to do for reality stars what the unions are doing for um, the writers and the actors. So we want to like unionize reality stars. Now, I've been covering this on Patreon already for the last couple weeks because I cover bravo sort of exclusively on Patreon. By the way, a couple new Patreons are out. I did two new Patreon episodes the other day, um, you know, doing uh, Housewives of New York reboot, Orange County, etc. And I also did a special episode kind of reviewing the Salt Lake City trailer because I'm a, I'm, I've had an epiphany. I'm a Housewives of Salt Lake City stan now. So the link's in the uh, comments here, unpopular, no, what is it? Patreon.com slash unpopular JP. If you want to sign up five bucks a month, I do um, an episode weekly, sometimes more. 
So Bethany has this lawsuit and I've had to separate my like personal dislike for her and her motives from the lawsuit itself because she's a pathological narcissist. She's the worst. The lawsuit is fronted by um, crookedish publicity whore attorneys who will represent anybody that will give give them a headline. It's a PR stunt. It's an ego trip, et cetera, et cetera. And it just came out, like, today that Bethany was pitching shows to Bravo, like, a couple of weeks before she got on this, like, unionizing bandwagon. And, you know, she's very media savvy. She saw an opportunity with all the publicity that the strike was getting to make this her new cause. It's her new Be Strong. It's her new Skinny Girl. And she ran with it. And good for her. And a lot of people buy her shtick. Hook, line, and sinker. Anytime I criticize Bethany, which is quite often now, I get messages from people. Or if I do it on social media, I get, um, you know, I've, I get lots of messages from people. No, she's the best. She's incredible. Look, every big housewife, iconic housewife, has severe personality disorders. Delusional, narcissistic. It's, they're not normal people. Bethany, Teresa, Nene, Lisa Vanderpump, Karen Huger, Vicky, Leanne Locken, they're not normal, okay? They have varying degrees of these these issues, and I think that Bethany and Nene are probably the worst of the bunch, although, I mean, they're all pretty, they're all out there. I think Bethany is the most dangerous because she's also smart, Um She's also, I mean, Lisa Vanderpump's very smart too. The smarter they are, when you when you have people that are actually very smart and savvy, and then you they have these this sort of level of pathological narcissism to them, it's quite a dangerous combo. And anyway, most Bravo fans are not supporting Bethany's attempt to unionize reality stars. And they're just focusing on Bethany's intentions of like, you know, again, she's a narcissist. She's just doing this for her own ego. She's doing it for publicity. I'm sorry, Bravo fandom. Um, Unionizing and workers' rights is the number one leftist issue. Number one. It is the core of the leftist fucking movement. So you're telling me that every fucking libtard lefty Bravo meme page and podcast for the last five fucking years... That has been cancelling people for tweets and going on about, we need more diversity, we can't have any Trump supporters, Republican housewives, etc., etc. Kelly Dodd's hat, Stasi Schroeder, we love Garcelle, they're being racist to Garcelle, Ebony's much needed. These people calling us racist, fueling cancel culture, making petitions to fire people, none of these fake-ass bitches are going to support Bethany's Marxist lawsuit. Uh, well, 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 I am living for it. You guys showed your fucking asses because, of course, none of you are, like, real leftists or give a shit about anything that means anything. You don't care about workers' rights or helping people out. You just want to fucking rage on Twitter about some bullshit. You have no life outside of watching Roni reruns. It's pathetic. So the latest rumor is that Raquel from Vanderpump Rules is joining Bethany in the lawsuit. I don't know if it's true, but people think that's why Raquel hasn't returned to the show. And um, I hope she did, because the actual terms of what Bethany is asking for, regardless of her, you know, intentions, of course, she doesn't give a fuck about any of these people. This is all for Bethany, you know, but the terms that she's asking for in it are actually pretty reasonable. It's just about getting more like residuals and having more protections and stuff. 
you know, paying the talent better. And think what you want about, like, Raquel. But some of these stars, they have really endured a lot on Bravo for the profit of Bravo and these streamers. I mean, not just, like, Bachelor stars as well. Like, many of them go through a lot. And, yeah, some of them hit the lottery and win and they get the best edit on the show. And then they get, you know their own clothing line or whatever, and they make heaps of money and they have 5 million followers. But there's so many, like just as many, they get their lives ruined, maybe because of editing, maybe because of trolling, whatever. And they don't get any residuals or nothing from it. And I know for a fact that Lisa Rinna, I have shared this before, but she was really upset with the trolling she was getting from the Beverly Hills fans, specifically just repeatedly calling her a racist towards Garcelle because you know, Lisa Rinna feuds with everyone on The Housewives. Everyone feuds with everyone. And then when anyone had any issue with Garcelle, they were called racists. And Lisa Rinna has the biggest balls of anyone on The Housewives of Beverly Hills. So unlike Kyle, who got called a racist and then started sucking up Garcelle's ass, trying to be her best friend. I mean, Lisa Rinna tried to do that for a while to like diffuse it, but Garcelle was like relentless. So Lisa Rinna tried to diffuse her for like a whole season. Garcelle just would not stop, would not stop pulling the race card. And then all of the viewers were coming after her going, she's racist, she's racist, fire her. Then it starts spreading into mainstream headlines. And Lisa Rinna wanted Bravo to like put out a statement or to say something of like, you know, ease up. This car, it's not a racist cast. Lisa Rinna's not racist. Like, this is the show. You know, just state what it is and try and calm these people down. Of course they didn't, but they throw out statements for every racist issue. They put out a statement about Jenny Nguyen. They put out a statement um, that threw Kenya under the bus. Kenya wore a fucking Halloween um the Indian headdress to Halloween. They put out a statement about that. We don't condone this. We stand with Native Americans. But then they let their other talent out there to rot and fry from the fucking Sarah Galleys of the world, calling them a racist and calling for them to be fired and then having all their stupid fans come after them and send them death threats on Instagram. It's fucked. Um, They don't protect you. And I think that Lisa Rinna, I think Stasi. I think Max and Brett from Vanderpump Rules that were fired for old tweets, they should join the race. Everyone that was cancelled for racism and um, politics and whatever should join the lawsuit. Like Jenny Nguyen, straight up. Like Jenny Nguyen, she's from, if you don't know, she was from Salt Lake City. She was Vietnamese. Um, She was like super conservative and she had definitely really distasteful kind of anti-BLM um boomer memes on her facebook page and she got fired for it and this was sort of the height of blm so you couldn't say anything about it my whole point with that at the time was like i didn't condone her memes because they they weren't even funny they were just like gross and cruel but i was also like these memes didn't violate facebook's terms of service like they've they were reshared from like other people's you know it came in her feed and she was resharing it to her feed and stuff like that So I'm like, if this doesn't violate their terms, because if you went on Facebook, right, for example, you said, you know, that slur word, you would get your account flagged and you could get your account banned or the post would be deleted or whatever. None of these memes were because they didn't violate the terms of service. And then Bravo just fired her on the spot. But then they kept Jen Shah, who was facing extreme criminal charges of scamming people. So I was like, hang on. 
So we keep the actual criminal, but then we keep the person that just has some offensive posts on Facebook that didn't even violate Facebook's terms of service. And now she's a racist. Okay, she should join the fucking lawsuit. Um, that Lizzie Savetsky from Roni, they fired her. Um, she's from the Roni reboot. She's, you know, she's Jewish. She's very, very Jewish, very into, you know, pro-Israel, all of that. And she runs a Jewish matchmaking service. This is allegedly what had happened. And then they started filming the show. And then some of the other women, I think Bryn, who she's the redhead, but she recently revealed that she was black. She's white passing, but she recently revealed that she's black and she wanted to join this dating service, but it's for Jewish people only. And then Lizzie had said something about wanting to keep the bloodline pure, of course, just referring to like keeping, you know, the the Jewish line strong or whatever. And then that turned into like a race war of like, oh, are you saying that we, you know, we, we can't mix with your like white bloodline? Um, so she pretty much was getting, you know, it was a whole, it became a whole thing. I think then the husband, I don't know, a slur, a slur was repeated to production, but it was like he, her husband was quoting someone that used a word going, this is what they said. It was something like that. And then they pretty much got fired. Then they came to a mutual agreement of let's just pretend that we were never even on this show and not talk about it because they have, you know, businesses and they didn't want to like, you know, ruin their reputations and businesses and stuff. So they ended up um, acting like it never happened and they should join the suit. I mean, people were coming after Erin the other day because she had donated to um, stop the steal or something like these people that are getting trolled, honestly, join the fucking lawsuit. Like, I know people know what they're signing up for with reality TV at, you know, at this stage, of course, everyone knows that you are risking these things, but I think they need to be paid better for the risk because Bravo does violate their duty of care. In my opinion, they create unsafe situations for people for entertainment. And I'm not saying that they shouldn't do that. I mean, Hey, it makes good TV, like the Vanderpump rules reunion, the below deck, getting them shit faced in these little cabins and stuff. Like we want to watch that. But if you're putting people at at that much risk of various things, they actually should be getting residuals. And should be making more money from it, and they should have more protection from the network when they are being trolled and attacked, you know? They will love to put out statements for certain things, but yeah, if anyone's getting wrongfully called racist or problematic or being attacked for their politics or something, then Bravo does nothing and just leaves them to be trolled. What about Brandy Glanville? Like, she was encouraged, clearly, and rewarded for getting drunk as a fucking like till she a legless slurred gross stumbling around vulgar they ply her with alcohol they want her to come out as just drunk and a hot ass mess every show she does then the recent season she was filming of the housewives ultimate girls trip in morocco she got drunk and she allegedly i think jokingly touched caroline manzo something like that happened and then she's basically blacklisted now there were these other shows she was supposed to do that they pulled her out of and now she's on only fans because it's fucked her career but it's like well you guys got her wasted and put her in these situations time and time again and yet yeah, eventually someone's gonna like cross the line what about raquel at the last reunion they had raquel out there with lala and james 
and Ariana screaming at her, going, you're a cunt, like, go fuck yourself with the cheese grater over and over when she had admitted to having mental health problems. And, like, hey, that's what she signed up for. Like, I'm not like, boohoo, we need safe spaces and stuff. But if you're going to put Raquel through that, um, an emotionally fragile person that, honestly, watching the show seems, like, neurodivergent, like, seems like something's not right, and you're going to have people screaming at her unhinged and aggressively, and you're not even going to, like, remove any of them from the stage or send them backstage to have a breather or something to, like, you know, lighten the load. You're just going to let it happen. And then what? She's not going to get residuals. Like, she's not going to get extra pay packet. Like, it's just bullshit. So, I hope they join um, the lawsuit, especially all the cancelled people. And, um, yeah, fuck Bravo, honestly. And I hope all of the woke accounts can join the um the unionizing and get their Karl Marx on because come on you guys you've been talking a, a big game for many years now so now's your chance to show your leftist credentials anyway guys thanks for listening and there's more content on patreon and i'll see you all like in a week or two bye